It is Friday, November 26th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 12 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, it's goofy week as we've talked about with Thanksgiving in the middle of it. I think that that's probably going to make it a little bit more difficult to kind of read the ownership projections and the landscape heading into this weekend than it usually is. I know I am not sure exactly what to expect from player ownership projections heading into Sunday right now. Yeah, I think we're just kind of behind, right? Like we spent the first couple of days of the week prepping for the Thanksgiving slate where I lost all my money. So that, that didn't go well, but, you know, hoping to make it back on Sunday here. And it's also a, a 10 game slate. So it's smaller than we've been playing uh, recently. And it's, you know, by the Vegas implied totals, it looks like a lower scoring slate. There's no, there's no teams with big implied totals this week. Yeah, it'll be an interesting slate to look at for those reasons. I'll be curious to see all the numbers Sunday morning. I did not put a whole lot of money into yesterday because I was scared to do so. We at least got the Josh Reynolds touchdown after sure touching did. on him on the Thanksgiving DFS show. You sure did. So QB, with all that in mind, um, are you going to do it? Are you going to go down to 5,300 in cash for a certain mobile QB who used to play his games about an hour and a half west of us? Uh, no, I'm going to go up a little higher to the other mobile quarterback, Cam Newton. Um, I think the other guy is in play, but I, I like Cam. Um, he comes in as our top dollars per point value based on our projections and his $5,600 price tag. The guy scored 26 DraftKings points last week in his, his first start of the season, like 10 days after joining the team. Like Super impressive for Cam to be able to, to look that good in his first start back with the Panthers. Um, 10 carries, 46 yards, and a score. You know That's kind of what you're looking for. If you're playing Cam, looked pretty good as a passer too. You know, nothing amazing, but you know, was pretty efficient. Got the ball to DJ Moore, got the ball to Christian McCaffrey. It's kind of all he needs to do is get the ball in those guys' hands, and he should have decent passing numbers. And the matchup against Miami, Miami's just kind of middling against the run and the pass, so nothing to worry about there. Yeah, Terod Taylor, of course, is the other guy at 5,300, and I'm not going down there either. I feel better about Cam Newton in the same range. I, Taylor's in play. I wouldn't be shocked if they scored similarly, or even if Taylor outscores him, but. Uh, Cam Newton feels a little bit safer, at least for having more talent around him. The guys that you just mentioned. And like you said, I mean, the rushing's always there. 10 carries for 46 yards last week, but he also completed 78% of his passes in that return game. 189 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, we'll definitely take that. And this week he gets Miami, which opened the season as a tougher defense. But the Dolphins are now just 20th in overall defensive DVOA, 21st against the pass, 23rd in weighted DVOA. So it's a pretty positive matchup this week. And if you look further into our projections, there's actually a bigger gap between the ceilings that we have projected for Cam and Taylor than there are between their baseline projections. Yeah, I think it was I think it was like 55% of Newton's passes last week went to either DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey. So he, he kind of knows where to go with the football. I, I do think Taylor being just below Newton there it does make Taylor a good tournament play. Cause I think Cam is going to be much higher owned. Um, but I, I do think Tyrod um, or sorry, Tyrod against the jets. Um, you know, he, he has upside both, both in the, in the passing game and on the ground. So I like that. Um, 
I'm going to play Justin Herbert again in tournaments as, as I've been doing most of the season. I mean, if you look at just go to Herbert's game logs on DraftKings, it's like prototypical tournament quarterback. He has he has three games with fewer than 16 DraftKings points. He has four games with over 30 DraftKings points. So he, he he's at, he's really been the highest ceiling quarterback this season. So he always makes sense in tournaments. The other guy I'm going to look to in tournaments is Carson Wentz. Um, you know, it's been it's been the Jonathan Taylor show the past couple weeks. Um, you know, the Tampa matchup we see it usually push teams more towards the pass. I'm sure Indy will come out trying to run the ball, um, and there's a chance they have success. You know, maybe Taylor is just unstoppable. It's it's definitely possible. But there's also a potential that you know Bucks jump out to a lead. Colts have more success passing in this matchup than they had the past couple of weeks. So I, I think once at his price tag, he is uh, 5800, and then you know Michael Pittman at 5,600 comes in as our top value wide receiver. So I just think those two guys paired together, good value, good upside, and gives you a bunch of money to spend elsewhere. I'm not going to be getting to Carson Wentz here. He's just not been very good lately. And the Bucks have actually been a much softer run defense than it, since week five than you would expect mm-hmm. they are by looking at the overall numbers. They get Vita Vea back this week, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it was a dominant run D through the first four weeks. And since then, there have just been strong spots uh, along with some mediocre spots. So, I, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor will be fine. I think they'll run the ball plenty. And really, Carson Wentz worries me more just with how he's played. I'm also leaning toward Justin Herbert primarily at 6,600 bucks, fifth in salary among main slate quarterbacks, second in points per game. He's thrown for 350 plus yards and delivered more than 30 fantasy points in two of the past three games. He's got Austin Eckler as an option who obviously, you know, we talk, we talk about it on a regular basis. Most, most of the time you're not going to stack a running back with the quarterback Mm -hmm. that you're playing, but Austin Eckler is not the typical running back six plus targets in two straight games and four of his past five and a positive matchup overall against this Broncos defense. Also Keenan Allen's a very easy play. I mean, Early in the season, it was him versus Mike Williams kind of sharing the target load, but it has been Keenan Allen dominantly uh, in more recent games. I'm sure we'll talk more about him as we get down to the wide wide receiver section. The other guys that I'm going to look at here are Kirk Cousins against the Niners at 6,300, sixth among quarterbacks in fantasy points per game over the past five weeks, QB four over the past three weeks, and the Niners are 22nd in pass defense DVOA versus third against the run. Joe Burrow. At 6,200 against Pittsburgh is the other guy I'm throwing in. Efficient in his first meeting with Pittsburgh this year. Only 18 pass attempts, but completed 14 of them. 78% passing, 9.6 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. Didn't even have T. Higgins in that game. So does have T. Higgins now. He's still much cheaper than Jamar Chase, despite those two being close in targets. Um, so that that's a, a stack that I'm also going to work in. Yeah, the, the Cousins one is definitely on my radar. He's just a good tournament play quarterback because the target tree is so concentrated, you know, between Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Maybe you can throw in Tyler Conklin if you want, but I think you focus on the wide receivers there. I think, you know, Matt Matt Ryan, too, is a little inter- interesting to me. You know, he, he's coming off two single-digit DraftKings points. That Those games have come against Dallas and New England, who have been uh, two of the better. Those teams are ranked seventh and second in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. Now Matt Ryan gets Jacksonville, who, you know, 31st, in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. Um, I, I probably I probably want to see Cordero Patterson back to play Ryan. There's just not enough weapons, I don't think, without Patterson for Ryan to have a ceiling game. But if he gets Patterson back, um, I think Ryan, low ownership, uh, low price, might make some sense for tourneys. Yeah, I think if we get Patterson back, I like Matt Ryan better than Carson Wentz mm-hmm. as the let's see what happens. <laughs> Put in a YOLO lineup. 
over at running back, do you have to choose between AJ Dillon and Daryl Henderson in that Green Bay um, Rams matchup this week? Or I, maybe Dylan is about to change his outlook for us, depending on what happens with Aaron Jones. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely play both those guys. I prefer Dylan if Aaron Jones is out. And if Jones is back, obviously you can't, you can't play Dylan in cash. You probably can't even play him in tournaments. Um, so you'd probably just pivot down to Henderson at that point. But, you know, we, you know, Dylan, Dylan basically had a floor game last week and put up 15.7 DraftKings points. You know, the usage was all there. So he needs, his price is actually down 300 bucks now to 59. So I think if Jones is out, Dylan's in my cash lineup. I'm also playing Christian McCaffrey in cash. You know, he's up, he's up to 9,000, a hundred more than he was last week. Last week we got full Christian McCaffrey, 90% of the snaps, 90% of the pass routes, got 10 of the 11 running back carries and eight targets, a 30% target share for McCaffrey. So he has, he has 24 plus DraftKings points in all four of his full games this season. So I'm just going to lock that into my cash, my cash team. Yeah, and his three games back from injury, RB14, RB4, RB3, the down game among those, which RB14 we can still work with. That would be disappointing at 9000 bucks. But that was the game where Sam Darnold played against the Patriots. Only four catches for McCaffrey in that one. Of course, it was also his first game back. So reason for there to be downside. Eight mm-hmm. targets last week, seven catches with Cam Newton in the lineup. So a competent quarterback certainly helps. I think Daryl Henderson is, is certainly in play at 5,800. Salary is actually down on him at to its lowest level since week four. We've seen Sony Michelle claim a larger share of the workload over the past three games than he had been getting before that. Um, and I, there was one game in there, I can't remember which one at the moment, where Daryl Henderson left briefly for an injury issue. But we're also coming off two games of the Rams falling surprisingly behind Tennessee and San Francisco. I got to think that the bye week came at a good time for them to just kind of get things right around, get some new players mixed in. Henderson's snap share also rebounded last week, um, the last time out versus the previous two games was in the 60% range for those previous two, 75% playing time last time out. And the Packers are 26th and run defense DVOA weak against running backs and tight ends in coverage. That makes sense. When you look at a green Bay defense, it's just kind of shaky at linebacker. Yeah. Henderson just needs the Rams offense to bounce back. I think he's still the clear feature back there. You mentioned he did leave briefly with an injury like a few weeks ago, that Titans game, the Rams just got blown out and Michelle got some mop up duty late. So I still think it's Mich- or, uh, Henderson's backfield. So I, he, he's a good price at 5,800. The last guy I want to mention for cash just as a salary saver, Ty Johnson down at $4,300. Um, you know, Michael Carter's absence leaves the backfield. Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. I, I'm not sure where the carries are going to go. I, I'm kind of projecting it to be, a, a you know, close to a 50-50 split in terms of carries. You know, that could get Ty Johnson, you know, 8 to 12 carries. But I think you should dominate the passing game work. Um, you know, he's been good in that department this season. He has 25 catches. 271 yards at 10.8 yards per catch average. He's 13th among 46 qualifying running backs in yards per route run. Um, so I, I think he has a good, you know, target pass catching projection this week for the price tag. And he gets a Texans, you know, plus matchup. Uh, Houston, 24th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. I think Saquon Barkley at 6,300 is also still in the cash mix. Uh, you know, the ankle adds a little bit of risk, but he didn't leave the game last week, made it through that game against the Bucks. Only six carries, of course, in that game that was fairly lopsided, but also six catches. And we have at least as many injury issues at wide receiver this week. Sterling Shepard still looks like he's not going to be ready to play. Now Kadarius Tony hasn't been able to practice to this point. So we'll see exactly what's there. But I mean, 
there should be plenty of targets available for Barkley in this full PPR format against Philly, especially a Philly defense that we've talked about is much friendlier to short range passing than it is for anything downfield. Yeah. I like Barkley for cash or for, sorry for tournaments. I don't think I could get there with cash. Just, you know, how, how uh, crappy that giants offense has been. Barkley didn't look right to me last week. He should be better in a second game back. And I think, you know, that's what makes him a good tournament play, but I I just think there's too, too much downside uh, for cash for me. I can understand that GPP side. What else do you like at running back? I like Javante Williams. Um, just kind of hoping this is like coming off the bye. Denver gives them, you know, even like 60% of the backfield work, 65% of the backfield work, you know, Melvin Gordon doesn't have to go away, but if Javante can pick up, you know, an extra four or five carries, um, that'd be huge. Cause he's been awesome all season. Um, gets this awesome matchup against the, the chargers dead last and football outsiders run defense, DVOA and teams run against the chargers. They face the third most running back carries per game this season. They're 23rd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. I'm expecting a run heavy game plan from Denver. And again, I think, you know, there, there's a chance you get 15 to, to 18 carries out of, out of Williams in this game. And in that case, I think he'd, he'd definitely deliver at this price tag. Yeah. And the chargers are favored here. And if I had to bet one, I would probably bet the chargers in this game, but it's definitely a game that Denver is capable of winning. So even if Javante Williams gets 50% or 45% of the carries in this game, he could certainly still have a good game and plenty of volume here. For sure. I think James Robinson at 6,200 is attractive. His playing time has been fine his past two games. Coming off three straight Jaguars losses, the past two came against defenses at rank number two and number three in rushing DVOA. So this should be a good spot for James Robinson to get some work and to do some stuff with it. Jacksonville is just a two-point underdog this week. So, you know, they're going to be not the favorite in most cases, but... (laughs) They're capable of beating Atlanta at the very least, keeping this game close, which should help the workload. The Falcons, the fifth most generous running back defense by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And two of the four defenses that are ahead of them in that category have already played this week. So an even better matchup versus the rest of the main slate over under started at 51 points here, but it's down (laughs) to 46. So I, I don't know if maybe that first number was not real. Uh, or if it's come down, I know it's some, some weeks there have been some numbers that was like, uh, that was never actually the number. It's just the adjustment that, uh, uh that kicked in. Yeah. The, the Atlanta Jacksonville game and the, and the Jets Texans game, like, you know, four crappy offenses and four crappy defenses. And so I I'm trying to figure out whether those games are going to be, you know, like shootouts because the D's are so bad or just, you know, slop fest because the offense are so yeah. bad. So I think that that's kind of a key to the, to the GPP side this week. Yeah. And I, I think that James Robinson is kind of the one guy, among all those teams where no matter how the games go, I feel pretty good about his chances. Cause I don't think Atlanta's going to blow out Jacksonville in this one. That might be the one scenario that would work poorly for him. But even then maybe he gets some targets. Um, he also dominated backfield backfield touches the past two games. It hasn't been high in raw volume, but in terms of his share, uh, it's been high Cordero Patterson, I think will be interesting 6,500. If he's good to go for this game, we'll watch him. Miles Sanders, I think is worth talking about at 5,100. And he's only an option for me because Jordan Howard is out for this game. The matchup is terrific. The Giants are the sixth most friendly matchup for running back scoring by adjusted fantasy points allowed um, and easily the biggest boost versus running backs uh, uh, compared with any other position. 30th in run defense DVOA. Jordan Howard, though, when he left last week's game with a knee injury, had more carries than Miles Sanders to that point. So it certainly helps that he's out. Boston Scott is still in the mix there. And I wonder, you know, I I started thinking about Miles Sanders at 5,100. He's going to score a touchdown at some point, but if Boston Scott is only 4k, I mean, is he actually the better play than Miles Sanders here? 
What are our projections say? I think Sanders is a bit higher in dollars per point, right? I mean, I, I, I still think he's the bigger talent, and I do think he's going to lead and carry you know, maybe something like a 60-40 split in favor of Miles Sanders. I, I'm going to be playing Miles Sanders in tournaments. Um, you mentioned the matchup against the Giants. And Philly, I mean, the, the run heaviest offense in the league by a pretty wide margin over the last, like, four or five weeks now. Um, and they've been a good running offense. They're up to third in football outsiders run offense DVOA. So, you know, that that – with the match, I mean, it's just a total mismatch between this running offense and, and the Giants' run defense. Um, and again, I, I do think you know you're looking at you know probably 15 plus carries out of Sanders if, if this game goes according to according to script and the Eagles are able to run the ball as much as they want to. Boston Scott also, by the way, played more passing down snaps than Miles Sanders last week. So I, I think both of these guys are in consideration in that tournament pool of running backs, and it's it's a great matchup for any part of the Philly offense against the Giants. Yeah, I'm looking. They're they're both in the top uh, 13 running backs for us in terms of value. Sanders is a couple spots ahead of Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a similar situation to the Denver duo where you can, mm-hmm. you know, consider all of them, and there's probably going to be enough work around mm-hmm. for everybody to to potentially do something. Yep. Wide receiver for cash, Jared. What do you like? So the the first guy that sticks out to me is Chris Godwin at seven thousand dollars, and you know Mike Evans looks iffy for this game. He's dealing with back tightness, according to Bruce Arians, and he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll see later today about Evans. If he's out, I'm definitely using Godwin in cash. Even if Evans plays, I think Godwin is an option at 7,000 bucks. He is averaging over the last four games without Antonio Brown. Godwin's averaging 9.3 targets, 7.3 catches, 93 yards, and 0.8 touchdowns per game. The Colts are 26th in football outsider, or sorry, 26th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. And then again, I'm mentioning on the other side of that game, Michael Pittman, um, the targets have been down lately. Um, that's mostly because the Colts just haven't been throwing the ball much. Um, Pittman still has a 22.6% target share on the season, 23% target share over the last four games. So if you just get, you know, Wentz back up to 35 passes, you know, that that's going to be nice volume for Pittman at this price tag. Yeah, I, I certainly think Pittman's in play. Um, I think that he looks similar to some other guys in that range. Jalen Waddell, 5,900, who's had nine plus targets in three of four, eight plus targets in five of his past six games. T Higgins at 5,400, Brandon Cooks at 58, Brandon Ayuk even at 5,300. I think all those guys are certainly in the same pool of consideration. And then up a little bit from Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen's $7,400 salary is his highest of the season, but it might still be underpriced for what he's been doing lately. He's $1,200 cheaper than Devonte Adams. He's seen four more targets than any other wideout over the past three weeks. And over the past five, only Cooper cup and Marquise Brown match Keenan Allen in targets per game. Cooper cup costs $2,200 more in DK salary than Keenan Allen does this week. Brown still has a quad issue and he's not on the main slate. So Keenan Allen stands out up there as like a number one, dominant target share level guy uh, in a, a matchup that's, you know, maybe it's not the greatest in the world, but it's also not at all scary against Denver at this point. Yeah. The volume, I think Keenan's gone 11, 13, 11, 13 targets over his last four games since, since the bye week. So I like him a lot. I, I, I do, you know, I prefer Godwin straight up, I think for the, for the slight savings, but you could definitely play Keenan and Godwin in cash, you know, or in any lineup. If you go, if you go cheaper at running back and use a cheap quarterback. Yeah, especially with some of the uh, lower dollar running backs we were talking about earlier, as well as Cam Newton down in that 5K range. GPP, what do you like for wide up? Yeah, I'm going to give LaVisca Chanel a chance here in GPPs. $4,400 actually checks in as our second best dollars per point value at wide receiver. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with him in cash, but I do think GPP 
Um, he's worth a shot at this price tag. He's going to move. He, he should move back into the slot now. He did last week, you know, with Jamal Agnew leaving that game. Agnew's out for the season. So Chenault's going to be, you know, kind of back in his natural position. Gets the good matchup against Atlanta that we've talked about. Uh, the Falcons 23rd in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. I think that if you need a 4K receiver, you could consider him. I haven't really looked a whole lot at what else is down mm-hmm. in that range or even the high 3Ks. But yeah, let's fingers crossed for LaVisca Chenault that he has a Jamal Agnew game this week. That's all we can hope for. Deontay Johnson looks good at 6,600. I mean, I don't think that he's going to be sneaky, Mm -hmm. but he's in a range where there are lots of other guys around. So I could see him not being owned quite at the level that he should be. Salary for him is up 600 versus last week, but it's still under where it was for weeks eight, nine, and 10. 13 targets in two straight games for Johnson and four of his past five games. He's also an easy fit in Joe Burrow lineups or Joe Mixon lineups. If you happen to like Joe Mixon this week, we haven't talked about him at all. Um, You can also pair, I think, Deontay Johnson with T Higgins, though, in a lineup. If you're not playing either quarterback from that game, get some correlation between those guys there. I think because of the $1,800 difference between T Higgins and Jamar Chase, I don't think I would play Jamar Chase without Burrow. But what do you think about that, Jared? Is T Higgins finally going to be low owned this week? Like, are people finally sick of him? Because I feel like, you know, he, he's he been disappointing, disappointing, but his price has been so low and people have just been going back to him. He's been, you know, pretty highly owned most of the weeks this season. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to T Higgins. Um, and, yeah, and I'm with you. I would, I'd only be playing Chase this week in a Joe Burrow lineup. I had trouble finding much else to get excited about at wideout. I, I tried. Uh, and yeah. really the closest I could come up with was Adam Thielen, um, down at, I believe it's 6,700 for him. The salary has rebounded since dropping down into the 5k range earlier this year, but it's still short of where Thielen opened the season. He's $1,600 cheaper than Justin Jefferson. It's a positive matchup. As I mentioned with Kirk cousins for passing upside and Thielen's got three games of 19.8 DK points or more among his past five. So we've had Justin Jefferson do the big stuff lately, but it hasn't necessarily left Adam Thielen without, you know, with, with just scraps. Yeah. And I think you think of Thielen as a touchdown or bust guy, but he's seen nice value. He's only dipped below seven targets once all season. You know, he has nine plus targets in, in three of his last five games now. So he's been, he's been closer to Jefferson in volume than I think people realize. So he's a nice play. I'm with you though. It is kind of a, a weak week at wide receiver. There's not a ton to like, I do have Brandon cooks here though for tournaments. Um, you know, coming off two disappointing games in the box score, the volume was down last week as well, but go back two games ago, he saw 14 targets. Um, you know, he's still, he's still the clear focal point of this Texans passing game. And it's, you know, the, the, the best matchup Houston will see all year against the Jets. So I think, you know, cooks uh, definitely has rebound potential this week. And that was 14 targets in Tarod Taylor's return to the lineup in that game. So uh, last week, certainly, I don't think we're going to see too many more games go game flow wise for Houston the way they did uh, last week. One guy on the negative side, I'm going to fade Elijah Moore this week in Zach Wilson's return to the lineup, especially now that his salary is up. So, yeah, curious to see his ownership, um, but unless he's, you know, like 5% owned or less um, in that case, I might, you know, might be worth a shot because I do think he's awesome and the matchup is good. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some unknown, you know, we haven't seen Elijah Moore's done it with, with Mike white and Joe Flacco. He doesn't, he hasn't done it with, uh, Zach Wilson yet. <laughs> That's right. It might, it would probably help him if Corey Davis doesn't play this week, but yeah. you know, it's just, there's just some unknown there and it's not like he's down in the 4k range. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'll probably let other people do it and I'll just, I'll sit back and enjoy whatever he does for my best ball teams. Exactly. Exactly. Tight end for cash. Jared, what are you favoring? Man, it, it's going to be tough for me to get away from Gronk. Um, I'm playing him in cash, and you know he 
he might end up being in all of my tournament lineups as well. We'll see what the ownership comes in at. I mean, I got to imagine he's going to be popular. Um, but he's $4,400. Um, he comes in, he checks in as not only our best value at tight end, but our best value at any flex eligible position. So you could use Gronk at flex this week. I think $4,400 Gronk makes sense as, as a flex play. Um, he has in his four full games this season, 29, 19.9, 9.5 and 13.1 DraftKings points. He has eight targets in three of those four games. He's fourth among all tight ends in expected fantasy points per game. And he gets the Colts, who are dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Football Outsiders has the Colts 24th in tight end coverage. Yeah, he stands out. I, there are other guys in that 4K range, I think, that can come close to him and floor. Dan Arnold at 4K, Tyler Higby at 42, yep. Pat Fryermuth at 43, and then Dallas Goddard at 48. But it's tough to say that any of those guys challenges Rob Gronkowski on upside, especially this week against the Colts. So I agree there. On the GPP side, I'm going to play some Evan Engram at 3,800 bucks. So finally the Giants offense got bad enough Monday night that they fired Jason Garrett after that one. And if I'm a new play caller for the Giants, one of the key things that I see in looking at the Giants offense mm-hmm. for something that needs to change is like, oh, we have this tight end who is a standout athletically versus everybody else at the position league wide and has barely been getting used. And oh, by the way, he's one of the few guys that has any physical ability that's actually healthy right now. Let's try to get him the ball, perhaps even throw it downfield to him and see what happens. And I mean, beyond that, Kyle Rudolph is also dealing with an ankle injury. So even if nothing changes on that front, there should be more opportunity for Ingram just by virtue of injuries around him. And especially when you look at a slate that really doesn't have a whole lot left at tight end. Travis Kelsey's on by, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews are off the main slate, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox already played. I think there's going to be plenty of attention for George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. Evan Ingram, I think, has similar ultimate upside if all those guys got the same targets in a given week, and he gets a Philly defense that's 31st in tight end coverage. All right, so you're going back to your boy Ingram. I'm going to go back to my boy Higby, who I've been playing all season. Uh, so I, I think you, you mentioned Tyler Higby and Pat Fryermuth. I think those two guys priced right below Rob Gronkowski, assuming Gronk soaks up like most of that ownership in the you know mid to low fours, and Higby and Frymuth come in in single digits. I do think they're good tournament plays. You know, Higby's route participation remains elite. You know, and I think that's going to continue with Robert Woods out. We'll see how how much bigger of a role Odell Beckham is ready for. But I, I do think Higby's going to he, he's going to be on the field, and I think the Rams' offense bounces back. So there's upside there. And then Frymuth, he's just been good now for a while, and he gets a boost with. Eric Ebron out, you know, we've seen Friar Moose route rates climb without Ebron this season and Ebron's at least going to miss this week, if not the rest of the year. Yep. I like that. I'll be talking about Pat Friar on the FanDuel <laughs> show as well. Defense. And it was about to start with $2,200 Jacksonville for me, but in looking at it, I think I like the Texans at 2,300 better against the Jets. They're up to 10th in defensive DVOA for the season sixth against the pass. So the Houston defense yeah, you can't look at it and say any reason why it, it's decent, but it's been decent this year. And they're facing the Jets, not only the Jets, but Zach Wilson's about to play his first game since week seven. Doesn't seem like Corey Davis is on track to be ready for this game. So it's a high upside matchup and a defense that's been surprisingly decent. Yeah, and Houston has 15 and 16 DraftKings points in their last two games now. So they've been producing in fantasy lately. You mentioned Zach Wilson being back in his uh, first five games of the season, he took 
3.6 sacks per game and threw 1.8 interceptions per game. So, you know, he's been kind of a dream matchup for opposing defenses. So I do prefer um, Houston over Jacksonville as that super cheap D. Kind of up a tier, I like Cincinnati at 2,700. You know, I still think attacking Ben Roethlisberger makes sense this season. Uh, these teams met back in week three, and the Bengals had four sacks, two takeaways, gave up just 10 points. They scored uh, 12 DraftKings points that game. Yeah, the, D, the Bengals defense hasn't been good, but it's been better than what we've seen the past few years. So there's some stuff to like there. It's really, it's not a week with a whole lot to like on defense either. The top eight in our DK dollars per point projections all cost less than 2,700 bucks, or I'm sorry, 2,700 bucks or less in salary this week. 10 of our top 11 come in cheaper than 2,900. So it's all cheap defenses. I think if we're looking for raw upside, just you know, the ultimate ceiling fantasy points wise. I like the Eagles at 3,200 against the Giants. And then the Patriots, of course, at 3,900 against Tennessee, especially with A.J. Brown looking iffy for that game. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played a $3,900 defense. I'm sure I won't get up to the Patriots. I do like the Giants. Or sorry, I do like the Eagles against the Giants at 3,200. I like Carolina too. I've been playing them in cash the past few weeks. They're finally priced up kind of to where they should be now at $3,100, but I still think it's a good defense. And, you know, Miami is 26th in uh, DK points allowed to defenses. So good matchup for Carolina this week. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week. 12 DraftKings mm-hmm. podcast, head over to DraftSharks.com Now you can get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections for more discussion of DFS and other formats. You can also join the free draft sharks discord. You can find the link for that in the description for this podcast. If you're on the stream with us right now, stick around. We're going to take a brief break. Then we will fire up the FanDuel side. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for some of us. <laughs>